It's always wonderful when a successful... And childless... ...alumnus returns. It's delightful how you take turns sniffing after my money. Now here's a group that was established in 1909. <coughs> I hate modern music. To the tables down at Maurice, to the place where Louis dwells. To the dear old temple bar we love so well. <laughs> the whiff and poofs. I'll buy you a new library if you have them killed. So many have tried to kill them. But other smug jackasses in white gloves would just take their place. We can't be stopped. Well, I am here to offer you money. I'd like to endow a Department of Nuclear Plant Management. Wonderful. Of course, we can't do nuclear. Our students are highly entitled wusses. You'd be creating a space for violence to happen. Hmm. How about funding a chair in the non-narrative cinema of self-identified pansexuals? What? 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 We also need to hire more deans to decide which Halloween costumes are appropriate. Eight deans should do it. <laughs> Is this still a coven of capitalism where evil money can acquire a patina of virtue? Yes, that's in our charter. But with an issue as heteropatriarchal as nuclear power, we'll have to hire multicultural empathizers, build a new safe space. Not so fast. We insist on a chair of anti-nuclear studies and a nuclear-neutral curriculum pathway. Absolutely, Teddy. We run all decisions past the squash team. Also, the fencing team, water polo, and handsome Dan, the mascot. <coughs> Release me, you hound. <coughs> oh, yeah. What's happened to this place? Yeah. <coughs> this was the home of ruthless media disruptor Samuel F.B. Morse, who's his successor. That fellow? Fellow. That word is cisgender normative, okay? You're worse than Hitler! Too late for flattery. I'm not giving this school a dime. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No Boundaries Podcast, where the facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Google Play. The YouTube channel is popping. The IG is what it is. It's Willie F. It's Jay. Still got a little sand in my ear, but shit, we're going to make it work today, buddy. That boy said I still got sand in my ears, man. I, I, I mean, you, you've you been active, man. We, I mean, obviously, we've been going for a while. So, I mean, just so everybody knows that we've been gone because Jay has been active. Willie F has been just just chilling. I ain't did nothing. You, 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 went, you, went, you went with me? No, I wasn't with you, bro. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't with you. I don't know what you're talking about. That, that's that's <laughs> no, what's up. I mean, but it is. I mean, but I mean, but after Puerto Rico, man, I just, I just really just feel like um, I planned that pretty well as far as you know leaving early in the morning, cause man, when I say when I got back from that long ass flight and I slept all day, I felt like man, there was no way I could have got up. I could have landed at nine at night and it got up to work the next day. I just don't see myself being able to do that. For everybody that did that after Puerto Rico, y'all are some bosses. Y'all are some champs because I couldn't do it. I'm too old for that shit. I need my day. Say, man. I need my I, day. I, was, I got up. Listen, no, I got back here. It was probably about 
eight-ish, nine-ish, almost ten before I got to the house. I said, ain't no way in hell I'm going to the office tomorrow. I'll work, but I ain't going into the office. Dog, mentally, I'd have been trash. Dog, I just, man, yeah, yeah, man, that's, that was, um, that was something else, man. Because <laughs> yeah. it's been a minute since I've been on, like, almost a five-hour flight. I haven't done nothing, like, truly international in years, so I can only imagine how that's going to be. Speaking of speaking of plane flights, man, are, are you a seat recliner? Uh, I am not a seat recliner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I usually, I, I don't recline my seat either unless nobody's behind me. And my flight back home last week was empty. And it was a little kid behind me, but my whole I had my whole road to myself, so I had no reason to recline. But I'm not a seat recliner either. And a part of the reason why I'm not a seat recliner, believe it or not, it's going to sound stupid, is because I didn't even know airplane seats reclined for a long time. To me, <laughs> when I first started flying and they was like, you can recline it, it doesn't go anywhere to me. So it's kind of like... It doesn't. Why am I even doing this? <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe I can't really feel it, but man, I was looking at that video of the the guy that, that his drink got spilled, and I was like, God, dog, she had some incline on that seat. Like I've never seen that before. Like I don't even know what type of plane that was. I've never been on that type of plane, clearly. And I felt like Spirit is probably one of the smaller planes I've been on. I think I've been on Frontier too. Frontier, you can't recline. I don't think. I've been on Frontier. I, 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 don't matter fact, so. I know some planes. Yeah, I'm about to say I know some planes you can't recline, but that plane right there seemed like it has some ump to it. I'm like Jesus, like she was in that nigga lap. No, oh, and he didn't give a damn too. He he was just pounding. Well, he probably made a Timberland beat on the back of her chair the way he was pounding on that. Oh, and you know, it's funny. I've, I've only read articles. I didn't see the video, but I and I I've, I've seen the angle, and like I just seen like. I could barely see him, and he seemed like a fairly decent-sized man. And I'm just like, man, like, that's definitely a, a, a engineering issue. Like, you got you to gotta get your standard man and your standard woman in the seat, possibly. And, like, as you're building these planes, in my opinion, make them to where if you're going to have a reclining option, there's still decent leg space. I mean, you, I understand. You also got to realize the standard size of both man and, and, and woman has increased over the years. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> we we a lot bigger than what we used to be. So that's why I, that's I why I'm paying that. those extra shillings to to have that um extra leg room and all that other stuff. Hey man, that, that fire exit row, man. What that boy Josh say? Josh say, hey just tell him hey, hey I'm gonna get that uh, emergency exit or whatever. I'm mm -hmm. gonna take that emergency exit. <laughs> Put me on that. I, re good. I remember they used to, you could used to get an emergency exit for free, and they just you know, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna help people get off here. Yeah, I got this. And you, they put you now. They want to charge you to send the emergency row. I said, I see how you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, I, and once again, I, I've been flying probably consistently for the last few years now, and there's still stuff that just baffles me about uh, about plane rides, but. My main thing is making sure I get on the damn plane on time. That's really all I'd be worried about. After that, as far as being comfortable, I, I take that in my own hands with my neck pillow. And I, I usually select my own seat. So 
I, I don't know, man. I have my routine, man. I, I I usually don't eat too much or drink too much. That way, I could just stay comfortable in my seat because uh, I know people like to get up and go to the restroom. I I don't know, man. I just I feel like the comfortability is in your hands, but you definitely can't do something about a, a recliner like that lady had, man. I I keep I keep saying that article. I'm like, this isn't really news, but it is news because for me, like. That's not something I'm used to, dog. I'm just like, man, like, I don't know how I would react to that. I but mean, again, you got to look know. at it twofold. Like, hey, you picked your seat. You picked this seat all the way to, at the last row where you just can't recline. So you're looking at that from his perspective. And you're also looking at, well, she paid for that seat. She should be able to recline it since she paid for it. So it's kind of, I don't know. De- definitely. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. I think, uh, I think, I think. I was um, talking to my brother the other day, and like I still, uh, matter of fact, even you had sent the message, and you you sent the message the other day. You were like, um, you know, being a good person is overrated. Almost, you said something like that. Something, something to that extent. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I understand that. I understand where that comes from. And like I said, I was talking to my brother, and I was just like, man, like being kind in general should be a default setting for people. In, in, in anywhere you are, I feel like just being courteous is something that should be off top like let's say you go into a new town like for instance we were in puerto rico and for the most part to me i think we only had one interaction where i was kind of annoyed with a, with a server and that was just based on the fact that i just felt like she just didn't want to be there and once again i i, I tend to empathize with service because their job in my opinion is kind of shitty but for the most part the puerto rico puerto rico is pretty nice I don't know if you felt the same way. I mean, they were pretty welcoming. I never felt any negative way. Like, I never felt um, like any like discrimination. I felt prejudice. It felt normal. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the most part. And I feel like that's where it should be everywhere you go. So I'm saying that to say that on this plane ride, it's, after seeing you know the threads on this situation, I would think that people moving forward would simply ask the person behind them, "Do you mind if I recline?" Is that is that asking too much? I don't think that's asking too much. <laughs> just just saying, like I think that would resolve a lot of issues if people just if people sized up the person behind them, and then be like, hey, do you mind if I recline? Because once again, if I got a kid behind me, I'm gonna probably recline because I know that kid doesn't need that much space. But then again, like I don't even recline like that. I, I think I'd have to be mad uncomfortable to recline, and that doesn't do anything for my leg space. No, Does not it? at all. Not at all. No. I mean, oh. <laughs> I mean, reclining. You're gonna to have to recline and slouch. So if you're gonna do, <laughs> so yeah, it does nothing for the leg space, in my opinion. I mean, it might alleviate some some pressure off your back based on your posture, but yeah, no. Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah, man. I just I I found that to be an interesting scenario, man. Anyway, man, what what, what did any takeaways from Puerto Rico, man? You know, anything that you? I know your ass was out there eating. Say, don't you fucking judge me. <laughs> I was on vacation. I had did juice cleanses all week just so that I could go out there and eat like I wanted to. So don't you judge me. Because them sweet potato fries hey. with the cheese and the beans and the ground meat was the shit, boy. Dog, the sweet potato fries by themselves was good. Every place I, I went to that I had sweet potato fries were good. Yeah, they, they hooked them hoes up. Yeah. They, they played Haynes was trash, though. Yeah, yeah, they weren't that great. But yeah, my take was, like, it was a dope trip. Like, you know, uh, you'd like to see a guy's trip go go together like that where it's minimal 
disagreements like we had. We, you know, all for the most part, you were able to do your own thing, but also do the group things. Like, I thought the ATV riding was dope. I would have wanted to go to the rainforest and do some stuff out there. But, you know, that's that's not something you do with a, with a group of guys that large. Like, that's more of a smaller group, more people who who really care about nature and, and experience like the group we went to they just wanted to bullshit and party and that's fine because it was <laughs> for the reasons we were there you know of course bullshit and party were priorities so you know i was cool um the airbnbs they were straight so hey it was a good trip. Yeah, that was a unique setup the bnb it was a unique setup i haven't been in one that was basically you just the person obviously owned the whole apartment building and they just was like hey we know you need this many rooms this is this i, I got an apartment room. complex yeah. basically See, I got an apartment to myself. I would do it. No tripping. Uh, I, I, I think uh, one of my favorite nights was, was for, for sure. I wish everybody could have came out to that bonfire. I know everybody was fucking tired and everybody. Obviously, that was last night. Everybody was trying to do their own thing. But that bonfire was pretty dope, though. Just uh, just um, being out there and actually getting a chance to see, you know, what I interpreted as um just Puerto Rican culture. And I, I, I kind of could see the Native American twist in there too. I was like, oh, it, it, it makes it makes a little more sense now. And it makes me want to dig deeper into that culture. But at the same time, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure I'll get some similar um, things that I get from most cultures that aren't, you know, fully Americanized. Because obviously when you think about American culture, I mean, it's all just tied into capitalism. And it's really no true soul to it when you think about it. But that's just my opinion. But yeah, man. Uh, all in all, man, I definitely recommend, you know, Puerto Rico for people that um, even couples too, because I think you did see a lot of couples out there. I think it, I think it would be like a good couples trip. You stay at the resort, get your couple shit on. It'd be a good couples trip for sure. Yeah, it was fairly safe. I never felt in danger at all. Even we we were pretty much what y'all kept saying we were in the projects or the hood, and it just felt like the place we were at was out of place. Like the projects all around us and then we just did this nice condo it's like this you know it was weird like i but even then like i didn't i didn't feel unsafe and it's funny because even when i be in new orleans just chilling and i be in an area like that i still don't be feeling unsafe like it just feels like i mean this is just what it looks like i mean unless i'm seeing a bunch of unless i'm seeing rats and possums and hearing gunshots and niggas on the block you know like i i have no reason to feel unsafe but uh, that's just me though. I, I mean one you're also a hood nigga and two you're like Six two two hundred. So ain't too many people fucking with you in general. So no, no, I mean, I, I, I be chilling though, bro. I be chilling, man. But anyways, man, you know what's funny, dog? I, I had I hate Walmart, but I had to go into Walmart. Uh, Tom, when I say they swiped the Valentine's Day shit so smooth off the shelf and replaced it with St. Patrick's Day shit, I'm like, no, I didn't even know St. Patrick's Day was the next holiday, but they own it already. Jesus, but anyways, did you did you enjoy your Valentine's Day weekend for the most part? Yeah, I did. I did. You know, it is what it is. It is. What it, it is. That's, that's really how I feel about it. Is like it is what it is to be, you know, not in a relationship and you you trying to be out and about and it's, and it's like a bunch of uh, the relationship crowd is really messing up the feng shui of of living a normal life and just chilling, just chilling. Yeah, and and, and that's and that's the thing that I hate about Valentine's Day is that. You have to go out and you have to perform, and the stage is so packed. 
in, in, in a sense. Like, I can't, yeah, okay, cool. I don't, I may not care about Valentine's Day that much, but the woman I'm with does. So, therefore, since she cares, I'm going to care today. And so, if we want to, she want to get dressed and go out, I'm uh, obliged to get dressed and go out. And the thing that I hate about that is that I personally, don't like to go out and be in crowded places. I don't want to go to a restaurant and sit down and eat. And in my mind, I know that this restaurant is packed and I know that people are waiting because subconsciously I'm going to eat and move faster because I know people are waiting for my table. Even though, you know, hey, I paid my money or whatever, you know, I can take my time. I, I find it, I don't find it to be rude, but just the way my subconscious works. Kind of like when you go to breakfast club and you know the line is out the door. And, you know, the quicker you get your food, you try to gobble it up and get out of there because, you know, people are waiting to sit in your spot. So that's how I feel about Valentine's Day. Everything else, everything is packed. People are waiting. And here you are. And it's just like, you know, Damn, that's weird. I would man. I would rather stay at home and do something because I'm obligated to express my love to you on this day. This day in particular, regardless of what I did on the 13th, regardless of what I'm going to do on the 15th. I'd rather do it at home. And then, and that's just me. That's always been me. You can run down the list of my past girlfriends. I'm like, yeah, we might've went out on Valentine's day once or twice. If that, but I just don't care for it. I'll buy you a gift all day. You know, I don't care about that. It's just like, please don't make me go outside. <laughs> just please don't make me go outside. I think, I think a lot of, I think it slipped a lot of people's minds that it was Friday too. I think, I think people weren't even like, noticing that like i think it hit them that day i was like damn it is valentine's day but damn it's a friday too like that's you just you just upped it like that just made everything to me in my opinion a whole lot worse because me personally i you know i have i still haven't been to breakfast club to this day or turkey leg hut so i haven't been in a restaurant where i've ever had to sit in there and feel like i needed to rush that's just my that's just i haven't experienced that but i know me that probably would cause a bit of anxiety because i'm not an, i'm not that much of an asshole I know people are trying to come in here, sit down and have a romantic evening, and I'm just sitting at biscuit. And I'm not, I'm not a fast eater or a slow eater, but I would hate to like feel rushed when I'm just trying to sit down and have a normal evening. So, um, yeah, man, but that is that is that is crazy that um, a lot of people didn't realize that because I can imagine shit being overbooked because it's Friday. Nobody's yep. going to work the next day. I mean, it's just, and honestly, Fridays are the perfect days to take off anyway, because the end of the week, you know, for most people, maybe a little slow. So that's, that encourages people to take off even more. And then you had a lot of women celebrating Valentine's Day. So they probably, they probably took off, you know, Friday because of that, because they, did it, they turned up, they, didn't they do that on Thursday? Is it, wasn't Valentine's Day Thursday? Yes. Yes. It's Thursday. Yeah. So yeah, you turn up Thursday night, you take Friday off to be. Which man or or to to check out Narcos season two on Netflix, which is now streaming, you know whatever whatever your fancy <laughs> was. So, but yeah, they created a four day weekend for themselves that they they were off for President's Day. So, you know it's it's a it's a good thing. But um, speaking of uh, what you want to watch on Valentine's Day, uh, did you see that tweet um, about homegirl that said I went out with my boyfriend of two years plus? He took me to see photograph and he broke up with me. Uh, I'm down. I'm da I and, and I'm down about all the usual stuff, but I cannot wrap my head around why he took me out first. Is that a thing? Are men okay? I did not see that tweet. <laughs> I've heard mixed reviews about oh, that did? movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what is it? What movie is that? I don't even know what it's it is. It's Issa Rae and but Keith I think it's Stanfield. A movie. 
He's you know it's it's oh, it's. God. I've, I've based on okay. Here's Jay's movie synopsis. The girl's mother was this mysterious photographer that she didn't get to learn a lot about, and so now that she's in the same field that her mother was, she feels that she will run from love like her mother did with her father. And that's all I really know because that's based on like maybe seeing three commercials. So they could be completely wrong. But that's just how I felt. And then she meets Lakeith Stanfield, who's, I want to say he's like a reporter or something. And they hit it off. But she's like nervous because what if I don't know how to love? And what if my past is still, you know, this, this, and this, and some other bullshit. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I got an 82% on Fandango, 74 on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.5 on IMDb. So it's a fairly average movie is what it looks like. Um, My stepdad said he'd give it a 3.75. My mom said she'd give it a 4 point something. Out of 5. Okay, so 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 yeah, it's, so it's not a terrible movie. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't recognize this movie. I never... Never, never saw a commercial for it. The Photograph 2020 American Romantic Drama Film, written by Stella McGee, your boy Lakeith. Uh, I, I just wanted to see if I can get a real synopsis. Uh, when wow! The photographer, I, I just, I just, wow! Synopsis, I'm, just, I'm just curious. Uh, when a famed photographer, Christina Eames, unexpectedly dies, she leaves her estranged daughter, uh, made Morton hurt, angry, and full of questions. When the photograph tucked away in a safe deposit box is found, May finds herself on a journey, delving into her mother's early life and ignites a powerful, unexpected romance with the rising star journalist, Michael Block, your boy Lakeith. Um, okay. I basically uh, said yeah. that. Yeah. I just had to make sure I got the I mean, I guess back to the, I mean, okay, so we got I guess I was trying to figure out if is there is there a possibility that this guy saw this movie and you know he he got in his feelings and was like you know we're not gonna have, ever have that type of love. So That's what I was thinking. You don't give me this feeling, so man, dog. That's that. That's that man. That's that. That's that social engineering. That's that brainwashing, man. That that has you had these weird expectations of what of what a relationship is supposed to be or feel like. I mean. It's just it's not it's not genuine. Um, it's it's not it's not going to be your reality. The Hollywood bubble, that is the Hollywood fairy tale that is created by Hollywoodians. Like people just need to get to the get you know face the fact, man. Like that's that's different, man. It's like it's just it's not. You shouldn't expect that. But uh, I'm just I'm reading through this thread, man. Uh, I, you know, you gonna have white knights and simps in here, of course. But uh, yeah, all in all, it's some, it's some. Some guy says a selfish man is undeserving of a powerful woman sending you hug, hugs and good vibes. Yeah, I hope she sees that. No, uh, no, hold on, wait. Let's stop right there. How do you know uh-huh. she's powerful? What what constitute as being powerful? Man, they just they just throwing these fancy words around. That's what people do now, man. They just throw fancy words around and and um they hope they they hope that um it's it's convincing. They hope that you're convinced. Thursday I, I had went to went to the office and there was a security guard at the turnstile and I, I was you know, she speak, I speak, hey, she's like, hey, good morning. I was like, Hey, good morning, how are you? She's like, I'm doing well. Sky, right, have a good day. She goes, Well, have a good day, my king, and, and this, that, and other. I was like, 
How do you know I'm a king? I could have just raw dick somebody's wife and came straight to work. You don't know if I'm a king or not. It, I, I, understood, again, I understood what she was trying to do. And I appreciate you for trying to uplift me. But I'm just saying, like, you, it, 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 I need you to find that happy medium that's that's not calling me trash. And that's not um, saying that I'm a king. Sir. <laughs> my just, guy. I, bruh. Like, like, just throw me right there. Leave me general. Yeah, man, I'm 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 fine with being a a general, a man. I'm fine with that. Like I, you know, I'm fine with that pronoun. Those pronouns, you know, that pronoun of being sir, gentleman, man, that that doesn't bother me. Uh, and I think in the past couple of years, the the terms kings and queen they they have lost their value based on the fact that if everybody is a king and queen, then what does it really mean? It Ooh, doesn't matter anymore. You got bars today. I see you in your bag. I see you in your bag. This is this is All Star Weekend, Welly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> don't don't rob me like you did Aaron Gordon, though, bro. Don't, oh. don't rob me. Okay, <laughs> don't rob me, man. Like, but no, man. Uh, let, me see, let me see. Isn't it? First off, I'm sorry for your breakup. Secondly, know that it's not how you end things with someone you love and care about. Those are the actions of a boy, not a man. Uh, let me just get up to a quick scroll. We I had can, again, again, we can stop right there. Go Take ahead. you to the movies and breaking up with you, or is it because it was Valentine's Day? Like, what day does it matter? Like to me, that's that's that, again, that's another one of those, uh, another simp white knight response. That's not how a man works. Okay, so instead of breaking up with you, he should just cheat on you, or maybe he, <laughs> like 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 <laughs> like to me, young. it's to me, it's like these things come around and it hits you in a moment it's like okay i i i I didn't think i want to be here anymore now i know i don't want to be here anymore and i can string this alone or i can get up out of here and he chose to get up out of there and i'm not defending him because you know he took it to to a movie and everything like that he probably could have kept his money but um he really could have (laughs) but what i what i'm saying what i'm saying is why because it's valentine's day is this is this commercial holiday that you shouldn't break up with people on Valentine's Day? I mean, that shit doesn't matter. A day is a day. One of the most liked responses on here that got like seventeen thousand likes is the the guy, White Knight Simp. He says, "Um, wait, he took you out on Valentine's Day to break up with you? Who raised him?" Like, I don't, I don't really, I don't get that. I don't get, I don't, I don't understand why that has so many likes. But um, my question is: I mean, Is it better to break up with you the day before, so you're single on Valentine's Day? Is it better for you to, better for him to break up with you the day after? I mean, like, is there a good, is there a good time? I don't think there is a good time. I think there's a necessary time to not string this person alone. But you don't have feelings anymore. Yeah, but there's not. There's never a good time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know this woman. She's a blue check, uh, and I don't know enough, enough about their relationship. Um, so at the end of the day, I I don't know the whole story. I just know that you were broken up with. You can go. You can move on with your life now. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, people tend to to try to string things along. They try to make the breakup harder than what it needs to be. Because in 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 reality, no breakup is easy. Some at breakups all. may go smooth. Yeah, some breakups may go smooth in the sense of it's not like uh, you know overly uh, like a- anger filled. So I- either way, I mean, hey, he took it. and like I said, it's a couple people in here made it seem like they went through the same thing. Like a guy kind of buttered him up and then broke up with him. I guess that's how they feel. But I'm like, hey, I mean, th- there's I don't really know if there's a right way to break up. I just know that 
every time I look up these breakup stories, they all seem like they're wrong ways to break up. Like via email, via text, over the phone, after a movie, you know, in the in the in the middle of a wedding. I, I don't know. Like there's no right way to break up. At the end of the day, I commend anybody that is willing to say this needs to stop. I mean it's just, it, it, it is what it, it, it's it's you break up with somebody over text and it's like you you weren't man enough or, or respect me enough to say it to my face. You break up with somebody face to face and it's kinda like, Wow, you just wanted to see me cry. You wanted to see me hurt. Like there's no there's no, especially so right, in this, so right, in this generation, like when we're millennials and 90% of our relationship is based over devices. Like we text all day. We tag each other on social media. You know, that's the majority of our, our relationship. And so when we were in person together, the rarest of times. So it's all, it's almost basically second nature is like, well, yeah, I talk to you via text most of the, most of the time. So this is how I'm going to communicate that breakup to you. It, it makes sense, and um, regardless of you, if, if you're out there listening and you don't agree with that, I mean, it is what it is. At the end of the day, if somebody breaks up with you in any way, you're not going to agree agree with it if you're not the one that wanted to break up. But like, I, I, I would say simple. I would say this in this in this day and age: do not break up with me over snail mail. Don't write me a letter to break up with me. Can you tell me? Can you please confirm that nobody has ever done that to you? I cannot confirm that to you because that has happened to me. Jesus. And now that I'm in the position of life that I am, if you break up with me through a, a, a letter, I'm pulling up on you. I don't care where you are on this you... on God's green earth. I'm pulling up. <laughs> on God's green earth? You pulling up? I'm pulling up. That... What, wait, hold on. This... What, is, what, 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 was, what was the uh, address from Finding Nemo? Whatever, whatever. Uh, Wallaby Way or whatever. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up. I don't care if it's in the ocean. Pete, I'm pulling up on Pete Sherman Wallaby Way. <laughs> Fuck niggas. <laughs> Do snail mail. I, I I don't know. I like that's a that's that's pretty um that's passionate though to write a letter these days. That's a that's some passion behind that. They should get a little bit of credit. You get a little, that's, that's... You get a little bit of these hands. <laughs> wow, I, I gotta hear that story offline. That's I never heard that one before. Hey, you are a man of many stories. That's another story. I'm no storyteller. <laughs> you are a man of many stories, man. But uh, move, moving on, man. Uh, like I said, man, it's it's a it's a it's a whole bunch of uh, to to talk about. But uh, another thing that was uh bothering me a little bit this week is um, you know, obviously, I've gotten to the point where you know the terms toxic and trauma and PTSD and all this stuff is just it to me. It's you know. Once again, these fancy words that are being overused have gotten me to think, okay, so what's the overall root? What's the root cause of this shit? So I remember I put a poll up the other day, and uh, I was like, uh, what do you think uh, attributes to the to, to me- mental illness more? Um, the two choices were the environment or DNA and genes. And I'm pretty sure me and you already know how we feel about DNA and genes you know, being the main cause of somebody being a fucking psychopath. So... I'm sitting here looking at one of the simplest scenarios I could think of. And I was thinking about the fact that me and you, oftentimes we kind of criticize women in general for the way they um, fuck with their appearance. And I had, I had just learned the other day that um, Jewish women, Jewish girls for their bar mitzvah, when they turn 16, it's very common for them to get plastic surgery on their noses to fix their noses up. 
to, to I guess, make them more, you know, uh, the European standard of beauty. And I, I sat there and I was thinking about that. And I'm just like, man, like that act of what I call that mutilation in order to achieve this beauty that you aren't naturally, to me, that's that's an environmental factor. Like there's nothing in your DNA or genes that is causing you to think that you're not pretty enough because of your nose. That's the environment you're in. And I feel like, and, and, me, and I'm saying this to say that I think you have to be a certain level of mentally ill to, to go under a knife to reconstruct your God-given face if there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I could be wrong on this. That's just that's just me. That's why I feel like, for sure, that's an environmental factor. And before you before you go, I had another one where I was looking at this chick's um this chick's IG. This chick was a, a, what you would call plus size, and uh, I want I wish I could be here to find the caption, but the chick is plus size. She's laying on the beach, and she's empowering herself with this photo of her laying on the beach. And I guess she had a roll or two, and she's like. Oh man, I can't believe that you know it took me this long to be confident enough to post a picture like this. And then I scroll through her IG and I see plenty of pictures of her that where you could see that she had rolls and she wasn't the ideal body. But the thing is, in that sense right there, I mean that's still a body dysphoric way of looking at your at your body, which is classified as a mental illness. Once again, she put her that's the environment causing that because. That is her social setting. That is that is where she's living in the the type of people that she's around that is causing her to feel that you can't show off, you know, you can't show your body because it has roles. So that's why I keep thinking to myself, I mean, like, everything wrong with people today is almost 95% affected by the way everybody encounters each other socially in the environment they're in. Like, I just don't see the DNA and genes in that. I could be wrong. But uh, what you think, Mr. Brooks? Like, like you said, to lead off with this, we, you and I personally, we know how we feel about it. But um, just to share with everybody else, I think that um, your environment plays a, a huge part in who you become. But also, it's it's <laughs> to hedge my bet. I can say, you know, also it, you you it could be some genes because some things are inherited. But it's like, you know, my environment that I'm brought up in, it, it teaches me good characteristics. It teaches me bad characteristics. It teaches me that, hey, I know what it's like to struggle and I don't want to struggle anymore. So I, I took that and I put myself in positions where I wouldn't have to struggle anymore. Some people can take that and be like, I've struggled my whole life. So I just know how to survive in the struggle. And they stay in the struggle because they know how to survive and live in it. Like one, like their their goals aren't to get out of it. It's just to maintain while in it. And you could take you could take Richie Rich and Richie Rich could develop a drug habit, and that drug habit could have nothing to do with his parents doing drugs or anything like that. But it could be his environment uh, enabling him to be able to buy drugs. Oh yeah, I can afford yeah. you know cocaine. My parents give me that on a yeah. weekly allowance, and so yeah. And now I have a drug habit just solely because I can afford it. And I thought it was cool based on my environment and the people that I hung out with. And so and I and I know that <laughs> I hate this because it's always funny and I laugh when I said that, you know, that, mm -hmm. that being larger might run in somebody in some people's families in their genes, but at the same time, 
if I if I if if my parents are larger and they don't care about my nutrition enough to be like, all right, I don't want you to go through the same health issues that I have. I'm gonna make sure that I feed you right to for you to avoid these things. Then that's kind of like another environmental factor. Your yeah, the genes yeah. are there where you you know you may be predisposed to being obese and your body just stores that fat at a, at a faster rate. But at the same time, you can counteract that by being more knowledgeable and educated about yourself and these situations. Because people will see, oh, my grandfather died because of high blood pressure or diabetes or something of that nature, something that can be controlled with with eating right and exercising. And you could change your life based on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know you see that post that goes around talking about, hey, you're going to be the one to stop the generational trauma or whatever. It's, it's something like that. OK, my thing with the, the generational trauma thing, and I think people try to try to uh, equate that to DNA and genes. But the reality is I was looking at that um, that uh, that caste system that keeps in this, uh that's in India, where basically it's a hierarchy of how things should go. Um, and uh, I'm, I want to I want to look at it real quick, and I'm going to butcher some uh, Indian words just to make oh, keep mad. Uh, uh, so at the top of it, uh, it's uh, it's like I say, it's the Indian caste system. At the top of it, it's Brahmins, which is a priest priestly and academic class. The second one is a uh, uh, Kshatriyas, which is rulers, administrators, um, warriors, and the uh, Vashyas. Which is artisans, trade tradesmen, farmers, merchants, it's uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, shudras, manual laborers, and then it's the dalits, which is um, street cleaners and menial task. So when you get all these, when you look at this hierarchy, and you think you're looking at the uh, the brahmins, which is priestly academic class, it's like you said, it's like the richy rich theory. These people being at the top of this at the top of this um, caste system doesn't mean that, you know, they'll, they'll be, how do I say this, G- genetically s- safeguarded from stupidity. Does that make sense? Like, just because they grow up at the top of this doesn't mean that they're going to know how to maintain this generational wealth and intelligence. Exactly. Because they could, they could develop a drug habit and just steer off And then you could argue that, well, maybe one of the parents has the drug habit. Well, once again, if they enable that, that's still an environmental factor, you know, because the the argument comes to this always for me. If people with the Dwayne with the Dwayne Wade situation and people looking at his his son and people are like, okay, he's born that way. Okay, that's passed down from who? Like what, what? What? I mean, that's genetic. It's homosexuality or it's transgenderism. If, if if that's genetic, where did he get that from? Is is that something that would come from the mom or the dad, or is that an environmental factor? Because for me, I I've always been the mindset of, and this I don't think there's a. It's weird when people talk about homosexuality. They make it seem like the homosexuality being an environmental factor is a bad thing. Have you ever got that before? Like people argue. They will argue you down that no, they're born that way. But I'm like, all right, you're saying they're born that way. But what's wrong with it being an environmental factor? Is that an issue? I I, I think it's it's. I had this conversation in the barbershop with a couple of guys because, and it's like, if you say that you're born that way and it's an environmental factor, then 
the uh, the a man a man's masculinity in that in that in that situation, it seems like you're questioning it. Like, oh, because you have this was it one out of three? The other he has two more boys, right? I believe so. So one one out of three of your sons um identifies as a woman. The other two identify okay. identifies men. And it's like, oh no, that's you know, that's something else. That's not my environment. Cause and then they'll say, Oh, I have these two as examples. And then you look, you take a step back, that's 67 percent of the boys that you have are and they, they like how to say raised right and raised wrong too. Cause they'll say, Oh no, yeah. this one this person was raised wrong, these were raised right. But it's like, you know, sixty seven percent of the kids that you had that are men are still men. They 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 identify as men, and it's just the one the thirty three percent or the thirty four. No, it's gonna be thirty three because that three thirty three. Yeah, yeah, you're it right. Run. You know, but it's like you know this one is is you know transgender, and that's like you you don't you you think I failed my whole household because this one didn't whatever. I like it, it's just it's just uh, so. Uh, 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 uh. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't conform to what we're used to. Right. Which is, it's so which cringy is, you know, to just even talk about. Because yeah, it's, it's kind of like you. You're not saying right and wrong. This is just exactly. who they are. Exactly. And and my, this is my thing. Everybody responds to the environment differently. He had three boys. Two of the boys, uh, uh, quote unquote, are just break. Are just you know hetero heterosexual. So therefore. From a from a um, from a traditional standpoint, they responded to their environment in a normal way. This the third kid, he he responded to the environment in a way that was like, hold on, this environment that I'm in, I don't feel like I belong here in this way. So therefore, I identify as a woman. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. I can't see the genetic side because the genetic side, I mean. He, if if he was born with the chromosomes that he's supposed to be born with to identify as a male, then what else is there? So you're saying there's something in his brainstem. So therefore, when you start saying that, are you saying that because he identifies as transgender that he has a genetic defect? That's that's where the conversation goes. Yeah. So I'm like, hold on now. So now so you're saying that people me, are, that people that like that are basically handicapped is what you're saying. They ain't ready for that conversation, Jay. What what did what did they say? You you can't you can't grade a fish on how smart he is by having him climb a tree. I mean, eventually that has to be addressed because something is wrong somewhere, or something is a defect somewhere. Something is something needs to somebody needs to be. Um, how do I say? I guess like because I seen somebody on on Twitter saying like you know get get the kids some help, get them some therapy, and. Are we moving towards a society that's like the needs of an 11 to 12 year old kid, whatever makes him happy, whatever makes this boy or girl happy, we're going to encourage it. We're going to make sure that we give him in a supportive environment. But I still I still stand on the fact that I'm like, so what do we do? With the normal boys or the the quote unquote you know the kids that conform to what See, the social even, even even like just saying normal is 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 a cringe because like saying that you know you you identify as female and want to be transgender isn't normal. We're so woke in society now, and I even I even heard one of my homegirls say this, and I just I I definitely cringe because I was like that's retarded. Um, 
just for somebody to ask me what is normal, it's like, come on, like you're asking what is normal. Okay, let's remove normal from it, like we do with the with the with the chase and pursue people. Like throw another fucking uh, synonym in there, whatever. At the end of the day, it still comes down to what gen- what the general population perceives as the norm. What's typical? We, What's the standard? Yeah, are we too scared to do this? That's that's what really truly bothers me. And we say it on this show all the time. We constantly keep people pandering to the minority group that represents like one or two percent. Like the one or two percent that we're pandering to, like, what are we doing? Why are we neglecting the ninety-five percent? Like, does the ninety-five percent not matter anymore? They're just looked at as privileged because they were they were born wrong. They they were raised wrong. You've had like, you've had your turn. Somebody, you've had your turn. Yeah, I mean, we can't be so pussy in society now that we're scared to say if some something was done the wrong way. Once again, so everybody on, that everybody listening knows, I could care less what you know D Wade's kid re- represents. Is like I don't really care about how they're raising a kid. I'm just trying to get to the root cause of you know. What is the true solution in this? What does this really mean? Does this does this um is this the new standard for parenting now? Because eventually we have to look at something and say, okay, hey, to be honest with you, if you want to have an ideal society, this is how things should go. Because I would think that's how you know that's what we did. That's what we did pre Civil War. You know, pre nineteen fifty. I mean, wasn't the best times for us. But when you look at America as a whole, I mean, things were generally Every things felt there was an order there. I feel more chaos these days. If you're asking me, I feel things are a lot more chaotic, and they're reaching for order that that's never gonna come anymore. Like, like we got politicians that are fucking petty as hell. Like, she, she, what's that? The Nancy Pelosi chick shredding Donald Trump's speech. Like, yeah, this is where we are in society now. Like the most childish like thing ever. Oh, I'm tear, tear this up because I don't agree with what you say. Okay. You're not the first. How many times did Paul Ryan sit back there behind Barack Obama and he's like, okay, yeah, I got to clap. He does have a point there. Like, you may not like everything Donald Trump says, but he can't be out there pointless. He has to have, he got to be scoring something. He's he's the star of the team right now. He's got to be scoring something. And it's scary because people embrace this pettiness. And I've been saying this for a long time, man. Like, petty behavior is, is that's a... That's a low form of human being. Like when you're constantly being petty and if you're petty on a big stage like that, that is a low form of human being. And like I was telling somebody the other day, I'm a, and I'm going to keep saying this, there are certain levels of shame that are necessary to to bring out a higher standard in a person. Like, you know, the the ideal being would shouldn't be just the ideal being shouldn't be a petty person. <laughs> like straight up, like being petty is not cool. Like I wish that trend would die, cause that that shit is that shit is not cute, man. Like, yeah, we could turn it into a meme all day, but what Nancy Pelosi did was highly petty, and I'm just looking at that like, okay, like once again, where are we going in society? Like, that's like the question I ask every year, cause it's so hard to tell. Like, we sweep certain things under the rug, we we praise things that wouldn't we wouldn't have praised five years ago. We're talking about oh, we're being open minded. Everybody's a phobic. Everybody's a racist. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? 
like, 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 I believe we've said it on this on this episode or this show numerous times. Like, life isn't hard. Humans just make it complicated, and I think that's what we're doing. We're just complicating life to the point where it's hard because it's a mental exercise because it's not just doing what you feel is right and doing what you feel is good. It's like, okay, what am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Who am I doing it for? What are going to be the residual effects to this? Who's going to be affected by this? You can no longer just go out there and do what you feel is good and do what you feel is right. Exactly. And and would you say that when you're doing what you feel is right in that moment, are you, are you chasing peace or pleasure? I think you're chasing peace. If you're doing what is right. Oh, I thought you said what I feel is right. Yeah, I, like I, th- you, I think you, I think I think I think I think the key word in there is feeling because that feeling is going to get you peace. I think pleasure might get you out, get you out of the comfort zone of like, you know what? This feels right. I'm just going to do it. I think pleasure becomes more of a more of a, a task in some in some instances. And, and I say, I, I remember I put that poll up where you know, 82% of the people that voted were like, you know, I'm chasing peace. And, it, you know, there was a small minority group that said I'm chasing pleasure. And I truthfully feel that more people chase pleasure more than they think. Because I think if you live a life that you know is constantly complicated, then like you said, that's a task. One Tasks are complicated. But if you're living and you're just doing what you know is right, it's not a feeling, you know it's right, I, I would imagine that would be a more peaceful life. That's I, just, I feel, that's I feel like you, you have to sacrifice pleasure in the pursuit of peace at times. At times. So you say that that could be somewhat of a task. Yeah. If you, okay, I can Because uh, you can... Uh, you can, you can, you can, man, yeah, I want to, you know, make more money, you know, so I'm going to stop working 40 hours a week. I'm going to start going to 60, 70 hours a week to get this overtime so you can have the Got money it. for the, the lug, the, the, whatever you want to purchase. You have that extra money, but man, your piece is kind of like, man, you know what? I put my 40 in, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna spend some time with my family. Cause I miss them because I'm try, in the pursuit of trying to to provide these materialistic things. I miss the quality time. I miss you know being and people having that, that rest because I'm not resting right. I'm not eating right. I'm stressed. That that doesn't none of that sounds like peace. Let me do my forty and go it, home. It, that leads to peace. And my and that's just me. Some people find peace at being at work and being productive and being accomplished. It's it's, it's very subjective. Very, very, very. But I'm glad that you said that uh, that materialistic because when I look at most of the people on Instagram, Twitter or whatever, all of us have a tendency to be highly materialistic. And I feel like in the matute of the uh, in the the matute, in the pursuit of the materials, I mean, you definitely got to have a pleasure mindset like there is. I mean, you you a lot of people, I mean, in order to get that. In order to plan, you plan for that trip. You plan for that trip, and that tri- you go on that trip, and you're hoping that the trip is peaceful. Depending on if you're like Liz and going to Turks and Caicos by yourself and just wanting to chill, that's one thing. But in the pursuit of making sure that you can get to that vacation, you're probably gonna, you know, go through some some like you said, it's gonna be some task at hand to make sure that you have the the, the finances to do that. But that in in actuality. 
the pursuit of Turks and Caicos, Turks and Caicos is that's pleasure. Yeah, it, you know, what I'm saying like that's a pleasure that you're pursuing, and therefore, if you because once again, if you did, you don't need to go to Turks and Caicos. No, you just said, you know, and 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 that's a lot of time. A lot of times with pleasure, pleasure would be shit that you don't even need. But I would I would argue that everybody needs peace. And that's that's the internal conflict with a lot of Americans these days. They have no inner peace. That's why they're seeking the pleasure from everybody else. There, if, if even even that at that, if you don't have that inner peace, you're going to go seek it from others from other sources, and then you're going to in turn get upset with them because they're not bringing the peace that you should have brought to yourself. And, and and it's crazy because they're seeking pleasure from somebody in an exchange thing that's going to bring them peace, and it doesn't work like that. That's why I felt like that question was a was an interesting question. I still, in my mind, feel like it's you know it's okay, obviously, to chase both. You know, pursue, chase, whatever you want to call it. I think that life is full of you know pleasurable moments, and it can be peaceful too. But people need to, in my opinion, need to be honest with themselves and just be like, hey man, like. Shit, half the shit I do is in hopes of being in the most pleasurable moments I can find. We didn't go to Puerto Rico to just sit around, sit around the fire and 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 and, and sing kumbaya. Yeah, that's a peaceful moment, but for the most part, it was trying to have fun, and fun is pleasure. I agree. Just saying, but uh, I don't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole, man. We ain't been here in a while. People probably man, these niggas own it already. I got, I got you over there. No deep thought. Hey, you stretching now? Hey, I done got loose now. <laughs> I showed, I showed up for the man, fourth quarter. Oh yeah, you should. Hey, bro. Hey, that's what. That's basically what the All Star game was. Yeah, they didn't start playing to the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I just saw the highlights, man. Uh, how was it? How was it over overall? Uh, it was all right. I mean, typical All Star game. But when the fourth, like when the fourth quarter came, it became competitive, and it's like y'all going all out in this exhibition game. I'm here for it. Y'all niggas better not get hurt. You better not get hurt. I'm still thinking the niggas better not get hurt. But yeah, uh, that would have that would have been upsetting. It was all because there was game. one play where I said Kyle defense, Lowry. You know, my bad. I didn't hear you. What you said? I said it was an all-star game. Lack of defense, but you know the whole league is lack of defense now. So high key, but um, yeah, I seen Kyle Lowry and Anthony Davis bumping to each other, look kind of nasty, and I was like, and I guess that was the game winning free throws, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And I felt like that was unnecessary. But um, hey man, put on the show. I, I like how I like show. how closeted these NBA fans are because they like, oh, I like this whole new scoring system and, and everything. It's like, but they've been doing that in the basketball tournament for years now. Like this is how you determine the winner. Like you have this, you take whoever's ahead and you put plus how many or ever many points. We're like, okay, this is the target score, and whoever gets to this target score first wins. Like this scoring system isn't something the NBA invented. It's been going on a while, and it's. In my personal opinion, it's it's better than overtime. I, I would I would say don't change regulation, but for overtime, be like, all right, we got a tie game, first to fifteen. We you not can't win to... on free throws though. I, yeah. I can actually. Agree I don't like with that. Joel Embiid on that. Yeah. I don't like the free throws. Yeah, because yeah. Anthony Davis. I mean, he even said it. He missed the first one on purpose. I mean, your 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 average NBA player in a in a unclutch situation because once again, this is just an All Star game. There's really no pressure. Yeah. So he created the pressure for himself. So that's just I don't I don't I don't like that part of it. I I definitely agree with Joel Embiid. They should take that out. Like you got to win on a on a field goal. Like you know yeah definitely uh. 
And uh, it still sucks that um, Devin Booker only got in because Damon Lillard caught, you know, opted out. That shit is wild to me. The, 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 a lot of things need to be changed with the NBA. First, to be honest, first of all, what needs to be changed is letting your boy come and freestyle for 13 hours. Shit, I ain't seen none of that. <laughs> he low key, he, he low key still freestyling. And Shaka Khan still singing, so it is. What it is. <laughs> I heard she had a bad national anthem. She, she she told Fergie to hold her beer. Ooh, jeez, jeez, jeez. Hey man, I'm gonna end on this one. I got a question that uh, obviously I asked uh, on IG. Uh, what makes a friend a friend? And then uh, I'm just once again, what? We'll, 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 end on that uh, i don't remember what your your answer was you want me to share some of the answers that we got first yeah and share mine if you see it because i don't remember either okay yeah well, one person said a listener a listener one person says trustworthy genuinely supportive respects boundaries presence is comfort another person said being there for someone when they need you uh a vast amount of common interest and unconditional love for one another. That's what I said. And then you simply said trust. I think, I think, I think what makes a good friend varies to a bunch of different people, but I've always said I could, I should be able to trust my very best friend with everything. Like, like I should, I, I feel like, I feel like in the list of best friends, I can tell you, just about anything I can tell Ed. No, not just about. I can tell you anything. You may not care about it, but I can tell you. I can tell Ed everything, and I consider y'all to be my two best friends. So, and I and I trust y'all with my life. So, yeah, I would say I would still go with trust. Okay, okay. Uh, I I, fig- I figured you would say uh, our boy Hagens. I think. I mean, we said we were gonna get him on the show. Hagens, if you're listening, get your Skype game together. We gotta make this happen because. Uh, yeah, that we we haven't had him on since your birthday, but wait, hold on, 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 hold on. I think uh, I, I'm thinking this best. I do believe trust about the best friends and everything. And you know, shout out to my boy Brandon Haggins. I'm getting I'm get him on here. He he be on some of that light skin shit. But we are gonna get him on here. Uh, <laughs> but but to double back, I think I think trust also falls in with being able to be vulnerable in front of somebody. And I think your best, you should be able to be vulnerable in front of a, in front of your best. What was the question? The question is best friend, right? Or what? Just a friend. No, in it's general. just his friend. What makes a friend a friend? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I think vulnerability. There's a reason I asked that question. I think vulnerability, vulnerability. is big too. You, sh- I feel like I can cry in front of my friends and I can share my my biggest insecurities with them and be vulnerable, and they're not going to weaponize those things against me. Because like because when I when I when I when I boiled it down to making you and Ed my best friends, I realized my best friends list was trash. So I had to incorporate. Oh, yes. <laughs> I had to yes. incorporate some of the some of the more pristine friends. Y'all are the gutter friends. I had to bring in the pristine ones and what I like about them. And them, it's the trustworthiness that I get from y'all. And it's the vulnerability I get from them. And I get a little vulnerability with y'all, but you be calling me a simp sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> Hey man, that's we'll talk about that on another show. But I brought this up to say, real talk. The more and more I really think about the relationship between men and women, I really have gotten to the point where it's like I don't really, I really don't think that men 
and women that call each other friends are actually genuinely calling each other friends. Like, I don't really think that they seek those things from every friend. Like, people say, like me, I said, the reason I said what I said, like I said, the sharing of common interest and just, you know, just having that relatability factor. And in my honest opinion, most of the women that I that I associate with, like the common interest, I don't have, I don't share that with a lot of women. Like it's very far and few, it's actually pretty rare. And when it happens, it's probably not going to stay at a friendship level. And I, and, I, and you got to ask yourself, if you meet somebody that is of the opposite sex and you you find them, you know, generally attractive, and they meet the friendship, what you say, you can trust this person. And, you know, and I said this on well, the last time we recorded, it's like dangling, you know, carrot in front of a rabbit. It's like, if y'all have this dynamic going on, especially in this day and age, like, what are we doing? Are we lying to each other or just torturing each other? Like, it's, and once again, we live in a highly sexual society. So I know it's not easy to be in the presence of somebody that you find attractive and you actually consider them a friend of the opposite sex. And you got to think about it. Once again, staying in this society that we stay in now, it's probably happening with a lot of men out there, too, that are with their homeboys that they may find attractive. Is like That's happened. So when we establish what a friend is, like, and, and automatically when I think of what a friend is, I'm thinking just platonic. Like once we establish that, like what does that mean going forward? Like are we are we gonna cut these people off as soon as we find a mate? Because it happens a lot. I, I think I think people, that happens to out of necessity because a lot of people become uncomfortable. But why if they're just a friend? Hey, that the new person that you you chose to be with, they they okay. Yeah, you say this is just a friend, but. I don't know the extent extent of y'all relationship. You say it's just friendship, but how do I know? Damn, that's crazy, man. I think that hap- I think that happens a lot. And I say that a because because I've, I've done it before. It's kind of like, hey, this is Bay now, and and Bay's uncomfortable with with me being friends with you, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm picking Bay, and I've and I've done the thing where I've tried to to teeter on the line and try to maintain a friendship and keep Bay, and it doesn't work. Trying to trying to hold on to two worlds and you you mess around and you'll lose them both. Okay, okay, that's you got you had to drop you a bar. Okay, okay, four quarter weeks you try to. I feel you, I feel you, but you hit the nail on the head. You said I don't feel comfortable with your girl says I don't feel comfortable with you being friends with that girl. But now I still comes back to the point of if they're just a friend. I know this is a. a decades old question but it's still baffling because in the climate we stay in now how come women don't have an issue with the male friends which it happens from time to time because a lot of married women especially do not like their husbands hanging with single guys I get that but it doesn't happen as much as a woman saying I don't want you to be friends with that woman Mm -hmm. I just and at that point it's like do we not respect what a friend is if all we're looking at is somebody that's trustworthy, a listener, you know, somebody that they share a common interest with? Like, damn, we just we just friends on the on the on the uh, on those traits 
alone we're not we're not friends because we bang each other every day that doesn't they don't that doesn't make a friend that's why friends with benefits is a thing because <laughs> friends you know because friends if you're talking just friends then what's the problem and i and i think once again because i've been doing like a little checklist to see like what makes modern day relationships so hard i think the growth of male female friendships like you've seen um What's that guy's name? Uh, Nicki Minaj's uh, Safari. He's get, He got married. So, yeah. Eric Amina. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He got married. And then all of a sudden, his best man is his sister, right? Yeah. So we're getting to a point in society where men and male, the, the male female friendship is 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 is, that's that's pretty much a norm now so if it's such a norm now like why is that still a growing problem why is that still a uh except me it's a traditional problem like are we once again are we lying to each other are we are people not really the friends that they say they are like it's it's just it's just mind-boggling me i mean i know i'm not gonna get an answer but like i said i'm just i'm just wondering if it's all just if they're just all just words and people are just saying these things and they don't really mean them because they know that men and women really can't be friends. That is possible. If that makes sense. That, that is makes possible. Sense. And, but, but like I said, I don't like to speak in certainties cause I know, I know plenty of women that I have that are friends. That's like under no circumstances. Have I ever thought about a romantic relationship with them at all? Now that's not to say that they haven't thought about it with me, but it's to me, it's like, I've accepted that this is just a friendship and that's all it's going to be. And, I'm okay with it being that. I can I can be this big brother role or even like we like to say the gay best friend role. I'm okay with being that with you because I don't have any romantic interest in you for whatever the reason may be. I just don't. Before we end, I remember that. I just remember the thought because I had said that a vast amount of common interest and unconditional love for one another and one of the main reasons I asked this question was because I truly believe that people in modern times have a higher standard for their friends versus the people that they actually sleep with and they want to marry and be with for the rest of their lives. That's something I've noticed because these answers were great answers. But once again, I know plenty of women that are with guys that are terrible listeners. <laughs> I know plenty of women that are with men they don't trust. They're with men that don't really support their moves. They're with men that don't respect boundaries. They're with men that they can't be with for more than a couple of days. You know, I know, I know, I know women that are with guys that are unreliable. Like I, once again, I know women that are, I know men and women that are with people that they don't trust, but you expect that from your friend. So, your standard for friends is lower than your standard for somebody that you possibly are going to marry. And I think that society today really needs to think about that. And I, I mean, uh, I see you're looking, but you got to ask yourself, like, do you expect this? You expect this greatness from your friends, but you expect mediocrity from a future wife or future husband. This is what it feels like these days. Yeah. That's just saying, you know, but, um, once again, we didn't want to go too deep down the rabbit hole. Feels good to be back as usual. Hopefully we can drop an MB snippet this week. Something to laugh at. 
And um, Sean, if you're out there, man, stay on your shit when we feel like it. Welcome podcast, back. Great podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Keith, uh, you need to get your schedule clear because uh, Examples Podcast is uh, we, we need to make something happen. The uh, the pages, the visitors are getting lower and lower by the day. <laughs> They're probably like, oh, these, these motherfuckers ain't coming back. Now, we'll, we'll definitely come back. So keep get on your shit. And um, I did have a message for him because we had a conversation that was interesting the other day. And I was, man, I, I hope I don't. Did, going into words of advice. And, I, and I, I'll go first because I know it has something to do along the lines of um, Nikola Tesla. If I'm not mistaken, he died impoverished based on the fact that most of his ideals were stolen. And that's a sucky thing because everybody knows Nikola Tesla was like, you know, he's one of the greatest minds of the 20th century. And my advice to people out there that do have great ideals, if you don't want to end up like a Nikola Tesla, you got to keep those ideals close to your chest based on the fact that people out here are vultures these days and they will take advantage of the fact that you're not in the position they're in and everybody knows that who took advantage of tesla and if you don't look up the biography uh it's a very interesting fellow but that's my words of advice man just keep your ideals close to your chest because everybody doesn't have your best interest at heart very true and that's all i got uh very true very true um my words of advice are kind of i when the whole thing about Dwayne wade's son now daughter came out that was, you know, they had put together a video package and everything because, you know, it's, it's highly weird and it's super, over, everything's overly produced. But there was, uh, and I, and forgive me if I get the name wrong because I, I think it's Zaya, but I want to say Zayla for some reason, but I think it's Zaya. It was on a, dry, a golf cart and, and she was talking and she said something like, why spend your whole life pretending to be something you're not? And I found that to be something real. And I, I think that's when I was like, okay this 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 kid has really thought this thing through for the most part like they this just wasn't a well i hang out with girls all the time so i might be a girl kind of thing this 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 seemed more real to me at that moment and i think that goes for people of all ages why why spend your life pretending to be something you're not because your friends say you shouldn't do it or your friends say you should do it or your parents say you shouldn't or whoever these influential factors are that's saying that this is the life you should be this is the mold and the lane that you should go into when you feel deep inside of you that that's not who you are so don't spend your whole life pretending to be something you're not i feel you i feel you yeah 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 i like that i know one thing one thing you should not do is watch it man four because that shit was pure crap and that shit made me mad. Like, I used to be able to finish movies. I couldn't finish that one. Pure crap. But I do recommend Rambo Last Blood. And I lost my body on Netflix. I lost, I lost my, my body? body? On Netflix. Yeah, I lost my body on Netflix. It's 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 a good one, man. Like, really, I, when I saw that, and I thought, like, I don't care about the Oscars, but mm, Toy Story 4 kind of, yeah, it was better than Toy Story 4. As far as... If you want you a rom like a like a, a romantic you know little story like but it has like some it, if you're a fan of BoJack, I think that I think you would like I Lost My Body like if you're a fan of that like you know kind of hopelessness but a rom- romantic like you'll like I Lost My Body say yeah, less yeah, 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 say yeah. less yeah I enjoyed it and then if you're just a violent person and you like seeing blood and gore check out check out Rambo Last Blood I think it was a 
it, it kind of exceeded my expectations. It wasn't great, but it was good. I'm I'm shocked it didn't it didn't um didn't do what it should have done. I'm still I still need to check out Queen and Slim. You know, uh, oh, you you damn. you should because I want somebody to talk to me about it because I'm still like this bullshit here. But yeah, you should check okay. it out. By about 15 minutes in, we'll be able to have the the conversation that I need to have. So it's not gonna take you long. Okay, bet, bet. Well, I ain't gonna hold the people on too long, man. You'll 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 see something uh, later this week, hopefully. And uh, feels good to be back. Sand is fully out of my ears. Uh, we'll try harder Day next and time. Valentine's Day are over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, other than that, um, with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?